This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast in association with the Sky Blue Tavern. Wardy here to guide us through this evening and pleased to be joined by Matt. Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. If I was just saying, it's uh, first time in a while we're coming into this on a on a negative foot, but we'll be all right and we? we'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, we've... Uh... We've had worse over the years, I reckon. Um, Dean, got you as well tonight. How you doing, mate? Hello, hello, chaps. Well, Matt's sat in the corner like a, a naughty school child. <laughs> I don't know if he's done, done, done something bad at home. <laughs> <laughs> after yesterday's depressing result, um, and I mean, 24 hours after, I'm still not over it, if I'm honest. Still yeah. feeling pretty down in the dumps. Yeah, same. It feels like one that's going to take a bit of a while to, to get your head round, and I suppose... You could say Dean Friday can't come quick enough to to put it right, you know? Yeah, big time. April Fools, wasn't it, as well, yesterday? Yeah. We were the biggest fools in Coventry, <laughs> as Andy Tate might say. But yeah, yeah. Like, again, like it's actually quite a good thing that Friday comes around quite quickly and we get two games in a few days because it hopefully will G the players up a little bit. You know, they've got less days to, to put things right and they've got a lot to put right after yesterday's performance. It was um, abysmal, absolutely yeah. abysmal. Um, I mean that first half. I, I haven't seen much like that in a number of years. Like it was lucky to be two, wasn't it? It was painful, yeah. disjointed, sloppy. It was like we just grabbed a load of players out the the crowd and put put them on the team and go off you go, lads. You know, yeah. it was just everything was just a comedy of errors, misplaced passes, no one running around, no one tracking back. Oh, it, everything. I'm just so dejected about it. Because of yeah. what, what, what has been an amazing run over those nine games unbeaten. We mm. played so well at, at times as well. Um, it's just like we've gone back to square one yesterday. Yeah. And just to get your boys' perspective, though, because, you know, thinking about those those nine games, I don't know, did we play anyone really that good in that run? Because I thought Stoke were one of the best sides we've played, certainly for 10 games or so. I don't know what you thought, Matt, but I thought they were a very good side, combined, obviously, with us being really poor. Yeah. yeah, that's why we got beat how we did. It's a bit of a false dawn, isn't it? I think you, all football fans fall into a bit of a trap of thinking you see a team play against you earlier in the season and that's what they are. And there's no kind of moving away from that. And we played them, obviously, earlier in the season and we beat them quite comfortably and thinking we go there and we win 2-0. And it, and it you know, really was comfortable. We were comfortably the better team in that game. And you just think, well, that's where Stoke are. That's 100% who they are as a, as a football club. And... Um, I've always looked at it. I kind of thought, I think at the start of the season, I um, when we did our, our preview, I, I had actually put them down as a team I thought would challenge towards the top of the table, which obviously I, I now have to admit was <laughs> a foolish prediction because they're, they're obviously not going to do that. And I had Dwight Gale down as top goal scorer, which again, another pretty poor prediction. But 
the point of it is there was always enough quality in that team where they could always turn around and um, and do this to somebody. I think, you know, that you could see in the second half where we did get a little bit better, not particularly good, but we improved. They just had so much confidence. And you probably thought these are half decent players when if it all comes right for them, as it seems to be doing at the minute, because they've, they've had a bit of decent form coming into this game as well. Um, then they're a tough side to play. So, yeah, I think it's, I, I don't want to say it's one of those days or one of those games because, you know, we can't say, well, they had four shots on goal and scored four. And, you know, it was 4-0 comfortably reflected the game. If not, was probably quite fortunate almost in itself for us. So it wasn't one of those days. It was a really bad performance and uh, and a worrying performance. But um, to go back to your initial point, yeah, I do think we haven't maybe played anybody who's, played anywhere near as, as good as that in the last you know 19 games for sure yeah and obviously a, a few sort of tricky games to come as well see friday swansea and, and watford at home on monday going to be you know probably tougher opposition to come as well um let's unpick yesterday a little bit more so we can we can all move on with our lives um dean obviously team news um just the one change with Godden in for walker probably predictable that one wasn't it predictable but i don't think it should have been the case I mean, Walker had a fantastic game against Blackpool, I thought. And when he was in, I can't remember the game before, he came on as a sub and, and ran around and, and put in a really good shift. Um, yeah, I was I was bemused again at that. But it's it's obviously Matty Godden at home, isn't it? There's a, there's a, a reasoning for, for Robbins to do that. Although I don't think Vic and Godden play well together. They just no. they don't seem to link up that, that well at all. Um, I actually think Jokeres and Walker link up better together so mm. yeah that was that i was a little bit surprised by that but it was a typical mark robbins um squad yesterday yeah for sure yeah i feel like we're struggling a bit with the two up top aren't we um with the with the lack of midfielders at the moment yeah the big, the big thing way. the big thing like vic wouldn't have been in the team yesterday because of the international break albeit that that's the only way we can play games is get yeah. the ball up to vic as quick as possible we've lost our two number tens we can't play through the middle of the park so that's the only way of playing. You know, I think if we had O'Hare yesterday or, or Palmer, I don't think you would have saw Vic start that game. We probably would have started with, with Godden and Walker together because of how much football Vic has played over these last two weeks internationally. And he said, Robin said in his presser yesterday, didn't he, after the game saying, we only got Vic back on, on Friday afternoon. Yeah. So that, that plays into the preparation time as well. Yeah, I think it was it was kind of like a needs must with with Vic playing because we don't have any other way of operating, unfortunately. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of a lot of hype around this game, Matt. Um, before uh, beforehand, you know, people were very excited. Obviously, big crowd expected at the CBS. Um, the, a brilliant atmosphere in, in Dylan's on the day as well. Um, you always get that sort of horrible feeling, don't you? Um, how many times have we had big crowds and excitement at the CBS and? You know, I, I seem to remember the was it the Johnson's Paint Trophy that year we played? Was it Crew three 0 We lost. Oh God! Yeah. You know, there's a few that stick out in the memory. Um, we should talk Johnson's Paint Trophy because it's six years to the day since is. we won that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's one thing that's uh, you know some nice that's memories to sort of get yeah. me through today. Looking at <laughs> yeah. that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, nice videos and pictures. Just the good old days. <laughs> yeah, well, it puts, puts things in perspective as well a little bit, doesn't it? Because you know that was probably our sort of yeah. Like, it was the dawning of a new age. Yeah, and it was really? a big turning point, wasn't it? Um, but it showed you how sort of low we went down, really, didn't it? Yeah. Um, just to serves as a little reminder. But yeah, Matt, those the, these games do get hyped up a bit, and you're always a little bit sort of concerned about how we're gonna how we're gonna turn up for these games. Yeah, it's always a worry. We were talking before we came on, and you know, you think back to any of these big games you've mentioned, and it always just seems to go. The wrong way for us and you mentioned the Bournemouth game where we were kind of getting ourselves back into the playoff mix uh it was last season and uh, and that was a similar kind of outcome albeit against you know a team that ultimately went up and were probably a lot better so um and then you go back to that crew again that's probably the one of the, the, the biggest um standout memories in recent years with the song and i think as soon as we came up with that song i, I knew we were going to get absolutely <laughs> hammered in that game thinking it's the semi-final of the Johnson's Paint Trophy and we're releasing a song. It just felt like it was destined to happen. So, look, it's probably what most football fans do. You know, if you're outside of those top few clubs, you expect when you get to that point of a big game, it's it's going to go the other way. But it's just so frustrating. I think, obviously, the point that most people have made in the, in the wake of this one is 
coming off the back of an international break and it always seems to go against us at the moment and it's just you think mate, it, 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 it is quite curious i know kind of going into it we were saying well we've got the momentum and um you think you don't want to lose that momentum but from a functional point of view you're saying well actually it's going to allow what is a kind of i guess a, a string bear squad the opportunity to get a little bit of rest uh, a little bit of opportunity to you know maybe give themselves a little bit of match sharpness or, or whatever else and it's just completely gone the other way and i think probably we're making the point of Gyokerez. it shows how instrumental he is in our team because he's the one player who obviously didn't get that opportunity um apart from maybe obviously some of the the youth internationals but He's the one who, who actually had, you know, a full international outing and, and obviously it, it wasn't really his day and it, it wasn't a, a, a game that he should really have been involved in, as Dino mentioned. So, yeah, frustrating and uh, and hopefully we, we get the opportunity to put it right in the next few days. Yeah, I think it's Leg- all, yeah, Legends support- Day as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, Dean, it was obviously Legends Day as well yesterday. And I don't know, like you mentioned like the song at the crew game, even like just like I know it's great. Like they obviously have the little photo before the game, but. Even like that, I don't know, like the Stoke players were like running out, they were really up for it. We're like having our photo taken and like, I don't know, the Stoke players are probably like, right, we're going to spoil the party here. Like we're going to start really quick. I don't know. It just, it felt like more of a, like, you know, day out and a celebration than this, like a really important football match. Yeah. For, like for us as well, like when we go to Blackpool in our numbers, yeah. it's like the op- we felt the opposite yesterday. Could, could you imagine what Blackpool felt the other week? Yeah. And they come out to the pitch and they just see that absolute army of sky blue facing them yeah. and that's what i felt like yesterday when the players come out it felt like a day out rather than a professional game of football like yeah. we're here for you know a quick 11 aside commemorate some some legends i mean we say legends there was a few few strange names in that lineup <laughs> not sure are we are we still calling kevin fordton a legend <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the yeah, former players there, I think, football. is probably more yeah. appropriate. Yeah, let's not call it Legends it? Day anymore. No, it's just like whoever played with us, you can come and have a free meal yeah, and exactly. a picture on the pitch at half time or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right in that, Woody. It's, it's, it never felt yesterday like um, the team were up for, for a game of football. It just felt like a, a commemorative day more than anything. A testimonial, in fact. That's, that's the atmosphere I kind of felt. Like it felt like a testimonial yeah. in a way. Wait. When did this become a thing? We, I, I remember, I feel like I remember the first one being maybe League One. Was it Gillingham or something like that about six or five or six years? Or am I missing something? Is, is this something that's been going on a lot longer than... It's a good point. Than, I think it has than, been going for a while. but I, I think, think it's, it's grown. I think it's grown. I think it yeah. started out as quite a small, you know, low-key thing. Four or five players. People. And now it's yeah. like a full-blown, like the whole top balcony is full of like people. And, you know, it's got a bit, it's got a lot bigger, hasn't it, obviously? But that season, League One, I think we gave away a load of free tickets and stuff as well. So we got a big, yeah. a, a, a big a, a attendance, but it's probably not that usual feel and atmosphere as well. So, it, you know, maybe it brings a slightly different feel and atmosphere with the, the nature of the people who are going. But I think it, if you went just... to five games in that season, you are now class of the legend. So you can go and have a meal <laughs> next year <laughs> at the top deck. But it's an interesting point, though, about the crowd, because I don't know what you boys thought, but it felt like everyone was very impatient yesterday. Um, well, we never think... play well with a big crowd. Like no, we always but, talk but... about, let's get people in there, and we just never turn up ever. No, we, we don't. No, we don't turn up. But at the same time, it is a football match, and you you know you might go one 0 down. That's just the nature of it. You know you, you can't expect to come and you know definitely see us go one 0 up and start really well. But it felt like the fans were really on the players' backs, and re- like we were almost rushing everything because of it. It felt it'd be really it'd be really interesting to see what the players thought of it. Um, yeah. You know. it, it just felt like a perfect mix of everything going wrong really you have all this build up beforehand you maybe don't have the same kind of atmosphere they've got a good away following which obviously um you know boo sam as dino mentioned it, it certainly helped us away at blackpool and you know it's going to help them as well um and then you get into the game we go one nil down quite early on and you're kind of thinking well we're not used to this as well certainly in recent weeks we're used to kind of you know um controlling games or, or, or picking up wins and not having to come back like this. So it's not it's not that surprising, I guess. You kind of got it so built up and then you go 1-0 down and that's kind of, okay, this is against the script. But even when you go 1-0 down and you kind of think, well, you expect an immediate reaction as well. Even if you could get caught by a goal, you're thinking, well, that's it. We'll, we'll pull the pressure on now. We'll have loads of chances. We'll be pushing for a goal. And it just, that didn't really materialise. And then it kind of 
it's a bit of a snowball effect from there where you're like okay well we've conceded a goal and on a big day for us and and we're still not pushing and then they get a second and they just look comfortable and it, and it just it, it just as you say it kind of snowballed from there and it just wasn't a pleasant mm. atmosphere and pleasant pleasant day for us it's like the frustration feeds from the crowd to the players and then back and forth mm. all the time and that's just a really negative headspace to be in and then obviously fans booing and stuff and you know imagine if you were a fan yesterday that was your first game of the season you've you've obviously clicked clung onto the to the hype surrounding the club at the moment three points off the playoffs etc you've turned up and seen that would you want to go again I wouldn't want to spend my money again no. if I'd saw that yesterday, if I was going for the first time. I mean, I'm used to it. I, I bloody know what it's like <laughs> watching rubbish performances for 30 quid. But, yeah, you know, that's that's the thing that really frustrates me at times is that we want all these people to come up, come and experience Coventry. We're playing really well. And then we just don't turn up. It's very yeah. hard to get those people back interested again. Yeah, and that's the, that's that's the key thing you've got to sort of switch on to. And how, how do we stop that from from happening in the future and yeah. it's, it's obviously very difficult to pinpoint where that's going wrong other than we need to put performance in and we didn't do that yeah same last season wasn't it i think we had it was bournemouth and uh, huddersfield at the end of the season two biggest crowds and we lost you know lost those two games as well mm. so no it's it's hard to take really you just you just really really want to put in a good performance and get a win in front of that crowd and you know season tickets will probably be on sale in the next week or so you know how many of those people, if we'd won yesterday, would have thought, Do you know what, I can't be missing this next season. I need to be there every week. Like I genuinely think that would make a difference. They're so, they're, 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 as a football club, we are quite vocal in terms of saying, you know, we need the fans to get behind us. We need the support. We need big crowds. Um, we need you to, to come up in numbers. And maybe they, there is a bit of pressure that comes with that. Uh, and obviously, look, anybody can see, can, can see a goal early in a football game. And then, it, as I say, it kind of snowballs from there. But you kind of made this big thing of trying to get a crowd in and and then you do it and it's obviously not going well and, and that puts an extra level of pressure on so you know and then the atmosphere again you've probably got a layer of, of fans in there who don't go regularly as Dino says and you know they don't go regularly so they've been saying this is what I've been hearing all all the, these positive things about and I've come and seen this and it's terrible and it's obviously not going to go very well but their reaction they're probably not you know some of those boos we would have heard yesterday weren't maybe from that section of fans who've seen you know a lot of good football and a lot of wins over the last few weeks of people who maybe have come for the first time in a while and um and aren't too happy yeah it's people just having a day out probably on the beers just sort of shouting having a bit of a shout about what's going on well, we know if we beat swansea on friday this is all oh this yeah is all gone again oh, yeah, delete, this, delete this, this episode delete it <laughs> don't listen to this ever again <laughs> yeah but i mean that that first goal um was just really poor, wasn't it? I mean, I watched it back and I don't I just don't know what's going on really. Like we're just completely out of shape. I don't know what McNally does. He just goes flying in. So I just might have a carry on movie, wasn't it? Just catastrophe after catastrophe. Just, yeah. And then and do you know what? As soon as that ball went out to the left, I was like it was in front of me. I I just I just knew what was gonna happen. As soon as he got that ball I thought, ah, oh, this we're gonna go one 0 down here. And all he had to do was put the ball in. And it was just so easy. Give us no. a Frankie Dabo rant, Audi. I know you've been <laughs> waiting for this. Oh, but, I don't want to be um, so. I don't want to be too harsh on him, but well, yeah, yeah, I think just... I think you have to be. His performances this season have been absolutely woeful. He had a really, really poor afternoon, to be honest with you, and it even just summed it up that our best chance of the game even fell to him. And I don't know why he thought he could turn onto his left foot and try and curl it into the corner. He doesn't have a shot with his right foot at the best of times. Yeah. Never mind trying to cut inside. I just don't know. I don't know what was going through his head. Did he just think, like, sod it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna score here, and I'm gonna be the hero. I just, I don't know. Madness, because there was two players open as well. Yeah, we had yeah. two square it, square that to Vic. That's you know, well, God, either of them. Because the thing with with Dabo, obviously, his history with the club. He's had his first few seasons with us were all was all such positive. The narrative was all so positive, and and it went so well. I think everybody you know, is clambering to be on board with him. And we know he hasn't had a great season at all when he's played. We know majority of performances have been below par, but then he's kind of come back into the team the last few weeks and done okay. Not set the world on uh, on fire, but he's done okay. And he's been we know that, Matt, but the moment. majority are blind to it, which is so frustrating. Yeah. I just think kind of 
he's got that goodwill of the fans because he's got those few first seasons behind him where he did so well that people want him to succeed. They want him to do well. And, you know, he obviously has had a poor start to the majority of the season with us when he's been available. Um, and, you, you know, there was that negative kind of feeling towards him. And then the last few weeks, he's had a couple of good performances. And you can see it's kind of, right, there's the positivity positivity again maybe he's back and give him every allowance and maybe we've overinflated his performance of the last few weeks a bit because we want him to do well because he's always had that positive history with us but when we actually break it down you know realistically he's not a championship player <laughs> i think i think we we know that um and even if he has a good game on friday you know ultimately we need to be moving on that, that you know let's let's call a spade a spade with it yeah, I mean, yeah, and again, going back to like the opposition we've played in recent weeks, I mean, some of those teams will be will be in League One next season. Let's be honest about it. And he's come up against a really, really good Championship team, and he's been completely found out yesterday. Completely As he has out. most of the time, he's played against the, a half decent Championship yeah. team. To be fair, but that's what I mean. I think we've kind of had a couple of okay performances, as you say, against bad teams. But we're we're desperate, I think, as a fan base, probably to to get behind him because we want that to continue that positive feeling with him because he's done so well with us. But, you know, I think at a certain point, we're just going to have to call it what it is. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just our, you can go to the legends games, obviously. It's just as, as moving on as a club, isn't it? There's, there's, there's still a few players sort of hanging around who we like because of they've been on the journey with us. You know, they got us, they wanted the title in league one and whatever kept us up the first year in the championship. Like, you, you know, we're quite attached to those players, but, realistically you know yeah for us to move forward that they need to move on we need to move and them it's hard on. As, it's hard because we you know we like these players it's, you know you could have the same conversation about matty godden couldn't you and shipley last year and jody exactly. jones last year yeah so yep. you know it just comes around i mean i mean it's absolutely fine that they are not good enough now for where we are but they were good enough for where we were exactly we've pushed on too quickly for them unfortunately we can't have passengers and yeah. that's that's you know the the beast of football really. We need to move on. We've progressed too quickly, even within the last two to three years. We've gone from trying to stay up to genuinely being playoff contenders, and that's what we are now. We're playoff that's contenders. That's the perfect way of of I guess summarising it. We have there's certain players who we've progressed at a faster rate than they're able to. And as Dino says, you know, um, a lot of these players, they're always going to be unless it continues to go on and it and it keeps on happening for a few more seasons, which I don't think it's going to do. If we take the Dabo example, you know, if he was to go at the end of the season, the, the, the feeling towards him is going to be overwhelmingly positive as it is with the Biamos and, and the Joneses and, and people like that who've gone over the last few seasons. But you've summed it up perfectly. We have moved on. And, it, and it's obviously a compliment and it's a, a sign of how well we've done as a club. We've moved on faster um, than... Than, than they've been able to. And, and we should see that as a positive thing, really. Yeah. Obviously, one of the big talking points from yesterday was the, the second goal, the uh, the offside or onside. Um, I just, I really can't work this out, to be honest, because I've watched it back and I just, I cannot understand how he's got to where, he, where he's got to. I mean, how quick can that lad sprint? Do you know what I mean? Should, should he be in the Olympics or something? Would you like because... a niche reference? It was like he had... <laughs> Remember a show called Bernard's Watch when you were younger? Oh, you like this. You've done this one before. So he stops the watch. <laughs> at time stops and he runs forward. Then he restarts mate. the clock and he's in position. Mate, it's he's bonkers, mate. he is not he's not Usain Bolt. How is he getting into that position? Well, he's quicker than him, apparently. He must I, be. Oh, I don't know. But I mean he's I, run he's run he's run what's he run? About a quarter of the pitch in about what, point eight of a second. Yeah, I mean mental. I mean how he's got into that position, I don't know. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, I saw the video today from the corner, and I mean that's a little bit deceiving because obviously it's shot from a corner on a phone at distance. The way I'm not going to get all techy, but the way video <laughs> frame frames work, it's very hard to to pinpoint the actual time the ball is played yeah. and where he, what position he's in. I still think he's offside. Um, but not even on, as much even, as it seemed on the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, obviously because the camera didn't pan. Mm. across quick enough um we obviously can't see where he was and it was obviously the right back kicking the ball so you, you get that into like when you're at a football match you, you can't see everything but you, you always get that like instinct when the gut feeling. you don't yeah. tend to like get it massively wrong like you, you, just, you just like kind of know what, what's happening where, where everyone is and it just felt off like he was offside in in real time it just yeah. felt like that yeah 
Great finish, though. Yeah. Really he looked finish. like he didn't want to finish it, did he? He kind of got in that position. I don't know if he needs to. I'll tell you what, we wouldn't have finished side, that if it was us. Yeah. He, he, he was <laughs> looking around thinking, oh, should I square this or should I do but no. But that, but that for me was that was the turning point in the game because I turned to my dad at the time and said, if we can stay keep it at one nil, you know, and shooting towards the corner second half and the crowd behind everyone, then this, you know, it's all to play for. But two nil, yeah, that's just... especially with the nature of that goal as well. It's so disappointing. And we're talking about kind of that snowball effect. You have a goal like that go in where you just like, and then you probably. You know, there's that bad will towards the officials. You think they've done us over as well, and and it just as bad as it kind of was before that. That that just kind of felt like a an nail in the coffin. Even though at that stage, you know, two nil shouldn't be insurmountable. There should still be an opportunity to to maybe do something in the game. But but we weren't in that game. No, still no. still until no, that goal went in. Of course, like we, if we if we could have just stayed at one nil somehow, we could have turned it around. I think that's the point up. you're saying. If we'd have kept it one nil, that would have been a massive result for us, you know, given the nature of the game. So if we could have kept it at 1-0, I agree, it would have felt like actually we've almost got a result out of the half because it should have been way worse than that. And and you could have taken something out of that going in at half-time and, and maybe using that and saying, look, we should be out of this. We're not. Well, let, let's, you know, put it right from here. But that just kind of felt like a, a nail in the coffin. We should have stemmed the flow of that game way before that goal went in. I mean, it's not like Robbins to do this, but you've got to make a change early when you see what's happening there. The midfield was non-existent. They were packed. They were packing out completely. It was two to a man every single time. Just stem the flow of the game. Get another midfielder on. Take Godden off. And let's just see what we can do from there. Get an extra body in the middle of the park. Maybe we can take some more control. But we're just so slow in doing that. Yeah. And by the time that's he's made that change at half-time to bring Howley in, try and pack out a bit more in the middle, we're two 0 down, and we're, all, we're you know we're chasing a yeah, huge, that's huge problem, deficit at that point. Yeah, chasing it big time at that point. Um, Howley, Wilson, as Brandon Rose came on to replace Fads, Eccles, and Bidwell. Um, yeah, interesting changes, Matt, at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> I you know, go, going to the point of kind of bringing someone into midfield. I, I agree with the with the point of saying that probably is what the game needed, but. It's a big call to make if, let's say, we bring Howley on after 30, 35 minutes and say, right, go on, you, you're the one who's going to change the the flow of this game as a, as a young player who kind of, you know, he's been able to make a uh, kind of bit of inroads into the into the team, into the squad the last few weeks as kind of, you know, something that's going well. And he's kind of had um, those players around him to look after him. Coming on after 30 minutes, 35 minutes, let's say, and it's a big ask of him. But yeah, I think, you know, Bidwell obviously um, probably got that more defensive-minded uh, element to him. I think Wilson's e-brand kind of showed that he's got a long way to go. If he's, you know, obviously he's one of these players that you get on loan from a bigger club, and the thought is potentially is he going to be a, a Premier League player when he gets a few years older? And the more and more you watch him, the more you're thinking it's a really big ask for him. To, to 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 do anything in this game, and I certainly didn't look at him coming on thinking this is going to change the the flow of the game. I don't know what you think, but the mentality behind those substitutions. It... And then you look at it and you kind of think him again. We kind of make the point we've done really well the last few weeks. You know, you can say you can bring another striker on and, and make some changes there. We've got a couple on the bench, but again, it probably goes back to the point with the injuries that we've got where we are. We still really haven't got the quality to turn around the game. That's, that's going that poorly for us off the bench, unfortunately. I think yeah. it was more a case of just freshening up the team and it kind of worked to an extent because we found some ascendancy, didn't we, in the early in that second half. And the game changes if we put one of those those away. We had five really, really good chances and instead they got the over end of score through Voldemort, who had a fantastic <laughs> game Yeah, very for them, good game, didn't he? Um, which was, yeah, that killed it and that really killed and stifled any momentum we had in that match that we found for like an eight, nine minute period. That was the only time we had anything going for us, really. Yeah, really, really frustrating. And I think the third and fourth goal is very similar, really. Just standing off, letting people have too much space. Good finish from there, lad. But we just let him We just let him shoot, didn't we? We let him pick his spot in the corner. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of, a, uh, you could see the confidence. And we, we talked about Stoke being a better team probably when they're, than their position in the table suggests. 
And when they've got that confidence, you know, they feel like the players that they probably are more than their their, their position in the table suggests. So, uh, you know, the, the third and fourth goals are both really well finished, well taken goals. They're not great from a defensive perspective, but also they're not, you know, they're not tappings. They've, they've done a lot to, um, to, I guess, create the opportunity and obviously take it quite well. So, you know, we do have to give them credit. They were comfortably the better team and it's... Um, it's hard to say, but you know, they Robin's comments after the game. You know, we're talking about it. And I think people probably don't know if this brings us back down to earth a little bit, but people are kind of thinking we've moved on even from these teams. You know, the Stokes and maybe even the West Broms or a few of these teams that are kind of mid-table, and you'd think maybe have had a bit more money and spent a bit more on players. But we probably feel like we've moved potentially moved a step above them. But you watch a game like this and. Robin's comments after the game and you say, well, actually, you know, uh, man for man, when they're at their best and we're at their best, they're probably still a, a level above us. Well, I, I, Matt, to be honest, I think there's a lot of teams that have really underperformed this year in the Championship. A lot, a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams I put in that bracket, like Stokes, West Broms, Norwiches, Middlesbrough, obviously had a really slow start, but... A lot yeah. of those sides who I really expect to be in the top six next season and kick on. That's why I don't want to go down with a whimper this season because it could be a missed opportunity. Hugely. Massively missed opportunity. Is there anyone, yeah. I mean, look at the teams that are in there. Like, they're not, they're nothing special, really, are they? Luton are well clear now in there. Blackburn haven't been massively impressed by them. I mean, Millwall. Millwall. Yeah. You know, I mean, and even if like a, a West Brom or an Norwich did get in there, they'd probably be like, you know, we've been quite lucky to get in there, really. Yeah, I think people also yesterday, I think like we should take nothing away from Stoke yesterday. That was a brilliant performance, no. brilliant yeah, away brilliant. performance. Um, they look really good. And, you know, they were beaten in their last four games and they played Norwich, Middlesbrough, Blackburn, Sunderland in those They're four games. Everyone's, everyone's All teams fighting for promotion. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't like we were going up against bottom of the league. We came up against a really good side in really good form. And we just wasn't up to the task. And you want to hope it's a, a one-off rather than what's going to be for the rest of the season. It's, it's all going to be about how we bounce back from this now, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. critical because next weekend could be the defining moment. If we turn it around straight away, pick up four, six points, yeah. it'd be, be amazing. That shows character. That shows intent. That shows we're here for the fight. But if we don't do that and put in a similar performance in on, on either day, then, you know... I'm afraid to say that's it, folks. Yeah. That's all that well, that's all she wrote. Because results aren't gonna go for us on both oh. occasions again, are they? I mean, Yesterday look, look was a ridiculous. I mean every it, single that, game that keeps us that just it just keeps the carrot dangling in front of us now. Like you know, if the results hadn't gone our way yesterday, we'd be out of it. Like we'd all have to accept, you know, six points off or whatever, not enough games left, but four points if you won the next two and the result one even if one set of results went our way over the weekend. You'd be right in there. So it's kind of like we've played our Joker card here this week, mm. and we've got to go and fight next week and get and get maximum. I mean, if we get maximum next weekend, I mean it's a tough ask considering what we we showed yesterday. Um, but it's not like in Coventry City to do that, is it? Like we play really badly and then turn up the the week after and be world beaters. It reminds me a little bit of the the League Two season though when we got in the playoffs. It does because. If you remember, I think it was that April when we lost to Yeovil, didn't we? I've got it written down here. Second yeah. of April, six two. Yeah, and then we lost Yeovil. to Lincoln yeah. and Notts County as well. Lo was definitely it? lost to Notts County. Yeah, and we turned turn turn around. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we and we got in there still. You know, we just did enough. So <laughs> we've done it before. We've yeah, had these we, weird results before. We also relied on other teams that that mm -hmm. season to get results, and you know, are those stars going to go into a line again? Let's hope so. You know, let's. Let's start. I was going to say let's start asking Mystic Meg to, to get the stars out, but I, I think she's she um, she's brown bread now, unfortunately. Um, so <laughs> that's not going to work. Who else have we got? Ast astronomy wise, who else is there? Oh, did you go to Yuri Geller? Yuri Geller, no. Some spoons, and... just spoons, isn't it for him? I'm not sure he can. <laughs> I think I think what this weekend has shown me is I've kind of it's another layer of. Um, these teams that maybe I and we as football fans of, you know, Coventry City feel like are, are always, you know, in Norwich or or maybe a few, a few others, we are actually getting more and more evidence to say, yeah, they're not, they're really not anything special at all. And I've kind of always in my mind have thought 
the issue that I've had is there's so, you know, you kind of started to look at it the last few weeks and you thought there's probably two playoff spaces up for grabs. And then I start going, okay, you've got Blackburn, who've obviously got an advantage over his points advantage. You've got Millwall, who have a points advantage. Then you have Norwich, you've got that Premier League um, haze around them. And you've got Watford, who've got the same thing. And West Brom is not that long ago since they were in the same situation. And, and other teams that have got, you know, clearly more money than us to spend on on a bigger squad that you think later in the season it's going to help them up. And actually, week after week that goes by, that kind of haze and that kind of mystique and that feel around them, you start to really see actually they're just not great at all. You know, you look at some of the form of these club forms of these clubs, we've got Watford coming up and their form is it is pretty awful. And and you think can actually they they really aren't as anywhere near as good as you'd expect them to be, or they should be considering the amount of money they've had around the football club in the last few years. And you kind of, that's the thing that I guess for me, even though we're coming off the back of a 4-0 loss at home, still makes you think, yeah, there is, there is still something of a chance there. Yeah. And, and, and those teams have these results as well. I mean, it's mm. not, you know, we know what the championship's like. They're not, they're not shocking results. I don't think like if, if a team, you know, like Norwich or West Brom got beaten 4-0 at home, you wouldn't be like shocked by it. It's, it, happen, it happens. I mean, look at um, Huddersfield yesterday, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's the championship, isn't it? They the, have these all season, these weird results. And I don't want to call it, I think it's not the right thing to say it's kind of a freak result or everything went against us or anything because, you know, the, the scoreline of the game yesterday was a flair, fair reflection on the actual game, if not flattered us. So it's a little bit kind of dismissive to say, um, oh, it's just one of those, it would be dismissive as to say it's just one of those freak results. No, it was a fair result based on the the way the two football teams play. But you, yeah. you are right in saying sometimes these things happen and you have to kind of accept that and they kind of snowball. One goal turns into two. You get caught in a three, four, five minute period. You give away a couple of goals and and suddenly the game's gone away from you and, that, and that's it and you can't do anything. You start making choices to go a bit more attack and you get caught and things like this happen. You know, so I don't want to call it a, f- a freak result no. or a fluke result because we got beaten with the scoreline that we should have been beaten by. But as you say, quite rightly, sometimes these things happen and sometimes we've seen them happen to, to some of these other clubs around us. So, you know, um, putting as much of a positive spin as we can, it, it, it's still there for us to, to, to certainly go after. Scraping the barrel with positivity. <laughs> they're not freak results, but they're, you know, if you looked at the season, the start of the season, you'd be like, we're probably going to get thumped 4 0 a couple of times. Don't know when it will happen, but it'll probably happen. It's going to happen at some point. Um, yeah. We'll probably thump someone else 4 0. We might get, a, you know, a cheeky 1 0 win away at Watford that we didn't expect. Like, you know, it's just the nature of the nature of it, really. Um, yeah. Chaps, I'd normally ask for a man of the match at this point. Obviously, not, not the most ideal um, game to pick from, but was there anyone, Matt, for you that, that stuck out and deserves a mention from yesterday? No, not really. I, I, I you know, I, and that goes right up to the legends box as well. To be honest with you, I don't think anybody <laughs> really had a has a, had a positive day yesterday. Unfortunately, I, I, I just can't pick anybody. I like um, that. Um, so I saw someone tweeted at halftime. Was like, can we bring Noel Whelan on? <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Text a sub. Text a legend. Yeah. Bring him on. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. All of my friends were trying to get him in their box to, to have a few beers, which is probably the more likely outcome let, let's face it but no I, I can't I really can't pick anybody I don't know I'll throw it over to Dino he's a better man than me if he can pick anybody out from, from <laughs> I'm gonna, today. I'm gonna give it to uh to Redda Johnson for his absolute drip he was wearing you know like the <laughs> undertaker <That> was, yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable um so yeah maybe 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 to him maybe, maybe we should just give it to, to all the legends for everything they've done for the for the club over the years um because on the pitch unfortunately no one deserved that, that award yesterday. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's move on and preview the Easter fixtures. Um, firstly, on Friday, Sky Blues travel to Swansea. Uh, another sold out away end. We'll be backing the lads in in Wales. Um, it's going to be a tough one though. Obviously, Swansea got that 99th minute winner away at Cardiff. The limbs look pretty uh, pretty dangerous in that away end. Just a little. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, Matt. And they're going to be they're going to be buoyed by that uh, that late late winner, aren't they? Yeah, you have to. You know, as results go, that's going to be such a massive boost for them. And they'd obviously I, it all. Kind of, you know, they went 2 0 up, they're probably thinking they're going to get a comfortable win, and then actually it kind of falls apart a little bit. And then to do it in that way is um, is going to be huge for them. And it's you know, it's now two wins in a row after what had been a really poor run of games for them. So, you know, it's one of those places again. I my memory seems to tell me that we don't generally do very well um, at that stadium, it doesn't feel like a nice place with pleasant memories for us. Um, but we've banished a few of those demons over the last couple of seasons, and um. We've always we have always got a chance with this team, so let's see what happens. And Dean, what have you made of Swansea this season? Um, they they seem to me like a team that always underachieve. They always seem pretty decent when we play them. Anyway, they always turn up, and like Matt said, we we don't tend to do too well. But they're never they're never around the playoffs. They're always just sort of rotting in mid table, aren't they? Yeah, especially for with the squad they've got. Like they should be so much better than where they are. <coughs> I mean, I don't really team. I don't really know where it's gone wrong for them this year. If I'm honest, like they they were. In the previous segment, we talk about teams who expect them to be better and they should be, you know, fighting for playoffs, etc. Swansea are definitely one of them. Um, so, and they'll be on a massive high from from the weekend, like the South Wales derby. I mean, that's that's I was reading today. That's the first time that either team has won the double over the other in back to back seasons. Wow! So they're they're absolutely flying, and um, so certainly Liam Walsh is back from injury. He started the last three games for them, uh, and he's been getting a lot of plaudits. Looks like he's back with with a vengeance. That's just um, what we need. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we know his capabilities, and behind him, the guy who was instrumental in that comeback. Um, don't don't want to say too much about the the draw in the reverse fixture early in the season, which was obviously a huge two points dropped. But the guy who was instrumental that day, Matt Grimes, for me, one of the top five players of the division. Still don't know how he's at Swansea, even after January. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye on them. And you, you think with those two, if they're on, in top form, it's going to be a very, very difficult day in the midfield. Um, and they've changed recently to a really sort of tight, compact midfield of five. So they just look to pass around you and, you know, get into position, um, etc. So it's going to be really tough to, to sort of break that down. You can imagine it's going to be like what happened on, on Saturday with Stoke. There was two players to, to a man at every time. So we're going to have to stifle that somehow. Um, but, you know, with that, Swansea are capable to to attack down down the the sides and in the channels, which obviously plays to, to Vic's strengths. Not so much our wing-backs this season. Uh, we don't have too many options in attacking wing-backs or who have played well this year. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have to sort of fight our way through it I think it's going to be a very very difficult afternoon but they are there for the taking as well um, you know they're, they're vulnerable and the, yeah. there's opportunities there yeah Matt we're going to have to get our, our tactics spot on for this one um, obviously you'd, you'd imagine there could be some changes given what happened on Saturday um, how do you think Robbins will be sort of approaching this one in training this week yeah I mean I, I'll go on what Dino says for me Matt Grimes is an instrumental player in this game. I think I completely agree. He should be playing at a top end championship club, if not, you know, threatening a Premier League squad for sure. And um so I think, you know, stifling him and his threat and what he does is going to be important for us. So I think um it, it, it's going to be important for us to win that midfield battle. It's easier said than done, but you know, I think if we can stifle him, he kind of plays that quarterback role, a bit of a cliche thing to say, but kind of sits back a little bit and gets on the ball and can kind of direct play. So we need a bit of a, a nasty performance from one of our centre midfielders. I think just kind of nipping in, breaking up, making, you know, just giving him no time and opportunity on the ball and um, and not allowing him to have that opportunity to show the quality he has and spray the ball around and, um, you know, try and get him behind us. So I, I 
I don't see that being an impossible thing for us to do. And I don't think it actually, even though we're coming off the back of a 4-0 loss, I don't think it calls for masses, masses of changes in our in our side, other than potentially um maybe dropping to to one up front, to be honest with you, and, and trying to pack that midfield a bit more from the start. So that's kind of what I would be hoping and expecting to see us do. And I think as much as we're we're coming into this game off a real negative with the, the four 0 loss to um, to Stoke, I actually think if we can win that battle, which I think we can do because it's one of our strongest areas, then we could go there and, and, and get something. But it hundred percent, it's going to be a really tough, tough ask for us. Dean, what's your prediction for this one? I think we'll come away with a draw. I think it might be a one one or two two. Uh, I think there'll be goals because both teams will create chances. There's no doubt about it. And there's vulnerabilities on both sides. So there'll be goals. Uh, so definitely back the nil-nil uh, on your on your betting slip. <laughs> Matt, what are you going with? Yeah, similar. I, I think we'll... You, we've said this as well. One of the things that you'll get from us in the last... Well, since we've come up to the championship is a reaction. You know, when we've had those low moments, you, you will get a reaction and... Um, I can imagine it's going to be not the, the most fun place around the Coventry City uh, training facilities in the next few days because, you know, I, I think there'll be um, that there'll be some harsh words and some home truths and and, and a game plan going into the game. So I expect to see reaction. Um, I, I'm going for one one. I think we'll, we'll we'll pick up a point, which you know wouldn't be the worst result for for sure. Yeah, I think in the Robins era, we very rarely sort of had two sort of disasters back to back have we really or, or had a really bad run at any point and it coincides sort of... with Vic playing well or not and I've yeah, said this many times on the podcast when Vic has one bad game he doesn't have another straight after yeah yeah we need we need him to back to his absolute best on Friday and on, on, on a Monday 100% yeah I mean yeah I mean him just having a few days to you know to recover will, will help as well like you said he got back very late from from international duty Say so you say recover. There's an open training session tomorrow, and if I don't see a bleep test happening after what they've done on Saturday, <laughs> then there's yeah. going to be words. I'm going to be shouting at Mark Robbins. It'd be like, why is that adult shouting in a crowd full of children? Get, getting kicked <laughs> out of an open training session <laughs> wouldn't be ideal, would it? No. Um, we'll just have a brief word on on obviously Watford on Easter Monday. Um, another tough game, Dean, but you know at home this is a this is a winnable one. We obviously beat them away as well, so got to go into that one. With all, all, all confidence, really. Oh, massively. And Watford are a shambles of a football club at the moment. I mean, mm. sacking Bilic was crazy. But that's the Watford way, isn't it? Losing to Luton yesterday. Local rivals, that's not going to gun down well. I listened to Chris Wilder's post-match interview and he just absolutely ripped into Watford FC as a whole. Really? Wow. Need a change of mentality in the club. Um, so they're just going to be down in the dumps and Huddersfield go to Watford, I think on Friday, maybe. Friday. Or yeah, it will be Friday. Yeah. Um, off the back of a fantastic resort against Middlesbrough, they go into probably one of the best places to, to go and double up her, those results against Watford. So hopefully they'll, they'll do us a favor, beat, beat them. And then they'll come to, to us in absolute disarray. Yeah. If you Warnock can do as a. Is a solid. He hasn't done many for us in, in the past, but <laughs> Neil, if you're listening, we'd love you to turn up for once. I highly doubt Neil Warnock's listened to this particular you never, episode. Well, you never know. Podcast. You never know. He's heard you're on, so. <laughs> on his tractor and his farm, listening to the, <laughs> listening to the pod. Um, Matt, what can we expect from, from Watford on Monday? Yeah, not great things, to be honest with you. If, you. if you go off the back of this season, they just seem... As Dino says, they're in disarray. Really, the, the Watford model is change your manager as soon as things look slightly um, not to plan, and they've obviously certainly followed that this season. They're in their third manager again. You know, they just look what, like one of these clubs who just don't have any idea of of what their best eleven or fifteen is. They've got a load of players which you think, oh, they look like decent names on paper, but none of them are actually particularly that good to be honest with you they've got you've got Saar obviously up front he's been injured but it seems to be he'll probably be involved in some respect by this time next week but you know we're not talking about people who are flying here the top scorers Saar and um, Jao Pedro they've got they've got nine goals apiece so then they're not absolutely taking the lead by storm by any stretch of the imagination and they've got names that you look at and you think these are 
there was some quality players you've probably heard of in the past, you know, Chowdhury and Semmer and Keenan Davis. You know, there, there's some names on there where you think these are good players, but actually none of them are really standout players where you think they're going to blow the league apart as you think they might do with that Premier League money. So It's a team of individuals, isn't it, trying to act as a yeah. team? That's, that's what Watford's been for the past five years. And you've got no coordination with regards to to management as well, then you're you're really going to struggle to to bring those players together. So I don't, you know, Wilder, see what he does long-term if he gets any opportunity there, but it's a real tough ask for him to do anything this season, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's an opportunity for us, to be honest with you. And actually going off what Dino said, it'd be really interesting to see what happens with the Huddersfield game because they're obviously coming into it with a bit of confidence. By all rights, it still should be a game that Watford win quite comfortably, uh, you would imagine, but... It will actually be interesting to see because if Watford don't pick something up from this game, then the pressure is going to be from that game. The pressure is going to be huge on them, and it, you know, we're talking about favours from Warnock. You know, we know he probably won't be um, shy in in getting stuck in. So if Star comes back in, and it's a risky game for him to play in. So I'm actually quietly confident about the Watford game based on where they are as a football club overall. To be honest with you. They'll probably have that new manager bounce against us when they inevitably sat well. You think they'll get another one bounce before next Monday? <laughs> wouldn't, put it, wouldn't put it past them, to be fair. Warner might be managing them by this point next week, to be honest with you. You, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Dean, do you, do you expect much squad rotation from Mark Robbins over the Easter period? Obviously, it's you know, two games pretty close together. Yeah, I, I do expect it. Um, I would be surprised if Vic doesn't start against Swansea. I just I just have that have that gut feeling. I think he might just start walk on his own. Depends on obviously depends on what happens on Friday. It will happen. Will happen on Monday. Um, but yeah, there'll be there will, will be some rotation for sure because it's difficult to play two intense games in in three days. Well, we'll grab some predictions, chaps. Matt, what are you going for for Watford at home? Yeah, I, I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be three-one. I'm quite confident. I just I I just don't rate them as a football club at the minute, and I and I can see us having a reaction over the Easter weekend and. You know, that's one I, I, I'm confident we'll win. Do you know? Yeah, we'll, I think we'll concede. I think we'll concede now until the end of the season, just because of the pressure that we'll be under uh, to get results. There'll be there'll be holes, and you know, there's there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, which I feel really sorry for Ben Wilson because he's so close to getting that twenty clean sheets, and I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, I'm going to go exactly the same as Matt three one. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't see anything but a Skyview victory on on Monday. So Skyblue's extra predicting four points over the Easter weekend, which wouldn't be too bad. Like we said, if a couple of results go away as well, you know, we hopefully still be in the mix. Um, that's all we've got time for this evening, chaps. Thanks a lot, as always, for joining me. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to the season ticket fundraiser, which is run by Simon Miller. Um, this is in its sixth season now. Um, helps people to um, go and see the games at the CBS who perhaps wouldn't otherwise be able to go. So please do donate to that if you can. Uh, we'll post the link along with this week's pod so you can go on there and donate. Thanks again to our partners, Scarby Tavern, for their support as always. And if you want to get involved in the conversation on anything we've discussed, then all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.